Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're recording another show from the venue of ASI, the International Convention, being held in August 2015, right here in the state of Washington, Spokane, in the Convention Center. And that's why you might hear a little bit more ambient noise than you're used to on normal editions of our show. Across from me today is Denise Ellenwood. Denise, it's great to have you with us on today's show. Wonderful to be here. Denise, you are actually one of the people who are hosting this booth area here. Tell us a little bit about where we're actually recording the show. Well, it's a beautiful um, teepee we have set up here at the convention center. And what's wonderful about Native Ministries is here in the Upper Columbia Conference, we serve six different reservations. And so all of us, though we come from different reservations that are close to each other and further away from each other, we're here to support one another. And our major goal is to just spread the message of love and hope to to our our people, our families, and um it's just wonderful that we're able to be here and showcase some of the things that we're, we're doing in our communities. Well, it's tremendous what you're doing here. Now, I know your roots are right here in the Northwest. Yes. And you were raised on one of those reservations, right? Yes. Which one? The Colville Indian Reservation in um, Nespelum, Washington. And tell us about your tribal affiliation. My enrolled tribe is Port Gamble Skalellum, and that's in Little Boston, um, Washington, a tiny, tiny little reservation on the reservation map right there, close to the Puget Sound area. Well, very good. It's great to have you here making a difference and interacting with folks. The teepee, for those who are not Native, even for Native Americans from different parts of the country, I know many individuals who don't have Native roots will think every Native American lived in a teepee, but that's not the case, is it? No, it's not. And what's really cool and unique about me is I'm from two different, completely different tribes. We have the Plains tribe, where they're nomadic, they traveled, so a teepee was a Mm must-have. They had to, um, you know, be able to pack up and and leave when necessary. Well, my coastal tribe, their um, living quarters are a little different. And, um, you know, it's, it's different that I grew up on the Colville Reservation, so it's hard to know a lot more about my coastal tribe, but every time I go there, I learn something new and different, Mm -hmm. and they're two just beautiful cultures with beautiful music, and um, just uh, it's just a blessing to be a part of two different tribes. Well, Denise, you're a vibrant young lady. We've actually got Akaya across from us, too. That's your, your son. Yes. And how old is Akaya? Akaya is um, five years old. Okay. Now, Akaya, I could have mic'd you up for the show. You're actually, he's actually listening. If you were here looking at us, he's got the headphones on, <laughs> but I don't have a, a mic on him. And uh, he, he just volunteered his age as well. So we appreciate you and your mom. Why, were you always excited about giving back to communities like you are now? Oh, yes. You know, even even before I really came to know God, I always knew he had a purpose for me. And um, 
you know, when I was about to leave home for college, I said, you know what, I got to find this purpose that God wants me for. But ever since I was a young child, my mom and grandma always instilled it to me. Every time I would leave the house, her words were, be helpful to yourself and others. Every time I left the house, that was what she would say to me. So that always stuck with me. So I knew there was a purpose to help my people in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just amazing how he helped me help me find that purpose and a long journey but you know it's it's wonderful how we all have a purpose here well speak to some of the other native youth who may be tuning into the show because many of them may find themselves in a place like you once were they know that there's something they should be doing they feel like they want to be doing things that are helpful for their own tribe or for other people how did you find your way and, and, and what message do you have for others? Well, I think all of us and especially a lot of our people, God gave us beautiful talents. And I, I figured out mine at a young age. I loved working with young children. That was, I think, one of the talents and gifts that God had given me to work with young children. So it's finding what's your passion? What what do you love doing? And um, what are you really good at? And it could be Art. I mean, I've seen a lot of amazing Native American artists mm-hmm. and um, amazing Native Americans that are good at sports. Well, those talents, whatever that, that might be, it's using it for the greater good and using it to reach out to others. Maybe if you do have one of those talents, helping young children seeing those talents and realizing that you can leave the reservation and explore and make a difference and then you can also come back it's important that we still know where we came from and try our best to give back but I think it's a hard for a lot of Native Americans to leave home it was so scary for me even mm-hmm. though I just went to Eastern Washington University it's a smaller university mm-hmm. than most it was it was frightening to me to be away from my family be away from my reservation and not afraid of the unknown but I gained so much insight. I was able to um, be a part of a Native American Student Association at Eastern, be a member to be in the president and organizing powwows and, and sharing our culture with others. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't know a lot about our culture, and it's, and it's important for us to share that. God gave us the gift of our culture. He gave, made us Native American for a reason, and embracing it and loving it and sharing it with, with others is, is wonderful. So how far away did you have to go to go to school? Not too far. The reservation is only about an hour and a half away, Mm -hmm. but I was home every weekend my first year because it it was hard. But wherever, wherever you are led, it's, it's, it's awesome to be able to just, just spread your wings and fly a little bit. And that's one of the reasons why, um, I wear the fancy dance outfit. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, the origin of the fancy dance is to mimic a butterfly. Mm. And to me, I've always loved butterflies. They're beautiful, they're graceful, and they're free. They fly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had always just loved that about them. And sometimes it is time for us to spread our wings and fly and see what's out there, test our wings, and, you know, um, use the beauty that God gave us to do something good in, in our lives and other people's lives. This is an exciting message, and whether it's an hour and a half away to go to school or whether it's a day and a half, Mm -hmm. it's still a huge step for many Native youth, isn't it? Yes, yes. We've had many folks on the radio show over the years who have been on secular campuses, and they have programs for Native youth, things that they're doing 
to kind of support and nurture Native Americans who are on their campuses. And you took advantage of one of those organizations. Oh, yes. And along with the Native American Student Association, that's our club, the um, actual program they have there is the American Indian Studies Program. And I tell you, those women there were like my four mothers that mm. I I had there. And the tremendous amount of support that they offered, not just academically, but, you know, it's it's hard. It's a different life you live. You almost feel like you're in a different world sometimes when you go off to college. It's a completely different people, completely different culture, and sometimes you feel like you're the only Native American on campus. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of times, hey, you're Native American, and you're you're here. There's not much of us. Usually in most universities, we make up like 1%. So mm-hmm. it's good to find a family where you go, and most schools do offer that support, and I do really recommend Eastern Washington University. Their support system there was just astounding. From the, the six years I was there, every day I was at that center with asking questions, uh-huh. help, or just to go visit, just to have someone to talk to. It's uh-huh. just wonderful to be able to have that. Excellent. You ended up getting a degree in education, is that right? Yes. Um, I got my degree in children's studies with the emphasis on early childhood education. And you're actually working in that field now. Yes. And it's just so wonderful to be able to, to work with children at their most exciting age, the age where it matters the most, where they really are on that that road to start their education. So to get them to love to learn and to, to get them to be excited about school and excited about learning and exploring their world, it's just amazing to work with children at that age. So where do you do your teaching presently? Right now I'm at Palisades Christian Learning Center here in Spokane, Washington. Oh, okay. So we're right in your backyard, literally. Yes. Yes, we are. But you do more than just what you do in your day job. Am I understanding that right? Yes, yes. Um, I'm a part of many ministries, but the one where um, I came to was a group that we call ourselves All Nations Warriors for Christ. Okay, let me see if I got this right. All Nations Warriors for Christ? Yes. Now, is this a native group? It is, but of course, we are welcome to everybody. But a lot of our teachings, a lot of our approach to things is with our Native American culture as a way to the looking glass and, you know, our way to support. Our our main goal is to support our community here in Spokane. Spokane's very unique, even though we're right next to the Spokane tribe. Spokane is like a, a big home front for many different tribes. Mm-hmm. It's one of um, the largest population for urban Native Americans. So we're very blessed to work with all kinds of of tribes. My husband and his family came here from the Nez Perce tribe in Idaho and his mother, the Sioux tribe from Montana. So, you know, Spokane is amazing for that. And um, we're very blessed to be able to work with the community here doing Bible studies. We have fun picnics with um, different food. We have Indian tacos. Um, You know, we have Easter dinners, an amazing Christmas program that started off with 500 or 50 people to now 250 people. And we have a, what we call a medicine bag health fair, where we invite different people like um, medicine men to come talk, people Mm -hmm. that know a lot about our natural medicines, our natural food. We would 
um, use and eat when, when we were sick or just food to stay healthy mm. and mm -hmm. um, ways to combat diabetes. Diabetes is huge in Indian country mm -hmm. and it's such a sad thing and it really has to start with our youth and learning these, these healthy principles early on in life so we won't have to deal with diabetes when we become older. Definitely, definitely. Well, you know, maybe I should have mic'd up Akaya, and we could have heard from him what he's learning about some of these diabetes prevention principles. Yes. But uh, we'll give you the privilege of telling us. What, what kind of messages, when you're working with these young children, are you trying to give them so that they can not follow that pathway that so many have followed, regardless of what their cultural background is, and end up with the diabetes or the heart disease or other issues? Well, I think the big thing is teaching that eating healthy and exercising and being active can be fun. And making fun foods, making either the fruits and vegetables that we eat, making them in a, a fun display or, you know, talking about how important they are for our nutrition and how, you know, everyone wants to be big, strong warriors. Mm -hmm. And so teaching our young boys, if you want to be a big, strong warrior for Christ, you know, you have to eat these wonderful fruits and vegetables to help you mind, body, and spirit. And um, it's just very important that we, we show them healthy ways and that it's a way of life, not just a here and there thing. And making those healthy choices, it's hard to when we have pop and chips and mm -hmm. all those things mm -hmm. readily, readily available, but showing them that these other healthier snacks, there's healthier alternatives that can just be delicious and nutritious at the same time. Well, we want to break that name down just a little bit more, the All Nations Warriors for Christ. I know some people hear the term warriors, and it makes them kind of concerned in today's yes. culture. Others, they relate to it very well. Why did you choose that name? What is the war that's going on? Well, you know, we are all in this battle here. We're all fighting against this this world that is broken, this mm. world where there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of suffering. And with the right tools, with the right support, with the right, I guess I want to say weapons, but not the weapons you would normally think like, like bows and arrows or swords, but the weapons of, of knowledge, the weapons mm. of, of truth and these things that can help us when we're, we're stuck with hard decisions and with people trying to guide us or direct us in the wrong direction. We want to be warriors to, to know how to deal with these situations. Well, our time for this segment has just about slipped away, Denise. We're going to come back. I know you've got an amazing story, a personal story. We want to hear that because that's inspirational. You're listening to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with more from Denise Ellenwood from here in Spokane, Washington. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. My name is Florence A.Q. For lunch today, I had grilled chicken and squash. I am Zuni Indian, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. My name is D. Dakota Denesosi. I turned the TV off and took my nieces and nephews for a walk. We saw two jackrabbits, an eagle, and zero cartoons. I'm from the Dene Nation, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. 
Science has proven that if we lose as little as 10 pounds by walking briskly for 30 minutes, five days a week, and make healthier food choices, we can prevent diabetes. My name is Barbara Akisakup Curtis. I'm losing weight and being more active. I am Alaskan Inupap Eskimo, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. For more information on how to prevent diabetes, talk to your health care provider. For free materials, call the National Diabetes Education Program at 1-800-438-5383 and ask for the power to prevent diabetes. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This is Meryl Streep. Over the years, I have played some characters you could call controlling, but the truth is there's so much in life we can't control. But here's something we can colorectal cancer. It affects men and women, and it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., which is astounding, considering it's almost entirely preventable. Here's how. Most colon cancers start as polyps, and screening helps find polyps so they can be removed before they even turn into cancer. Screening also finds this cancer early, when treatment works best. For me, screening was simple and quick. It was no big deal, except for the huge sense of relief you feel afterwards. There are several tests that you can choose from. If you're 50 or older, you should talk to your doctor. Decide which one's right for you. Take control. Do everything you can to prevent colon cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose, the venue, Spokane, Washington, the ASI International Convention in 2015. We've been talking with someone, a local Native person, Denise Ellenwood. Denise has been sharing with us some really great, I think, inspiring information. I, the message, one of the messages I've heard is that if there's a young person in your family, in your tribe, that's struggling with whether to go away from school, Denise is saying, go for it. Am I paraphrasing correctly? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Do it. God, God gave you these gifts, and you should fly and use them. And that's what you did. Yes. You went off away from the reservation, got a training, and now you're back. Yes. Well, back, back doing the field. But one day, my dream is hopefully to open up my own learning center on my reservation. That is my dream. Okay. So right now, in an urban setting here in, in Spokane. Yes. But uh, is, is the Colville reservation still in your radar screen? Is that what you're talking about? You know, I did work with a summer youth program, and like Spokane, um, like I said, is very unique, and many natives are are here. And so I was able to work with a lot of children from my tribe and from other tribes. I had um, what we called the turtle group, and there was five-year-olds. I had about 35-year-olds that we got. 30? 35-year-olds, me and another person, and we we would take them swimming in the the local pools and different field trips to Silverwood Mm -hmm. and Splashdown and just giving them the summer of their lives. I mean, they've just had a blast. And then we had the the um, the cultural and learning aspect, we have offered fun math classes and reading classes that they can 
get into to keep them refreshed and even in mm-hmm. the summertime. Great, great. Yeah. So we promised a story, uh, your personal story, and the reason for that, for those of our listeners who are tuning in, in an earlier show, I interviewed Monty Church, and uh, Monty's been very active here in Native work uh, for many years. Monty told me that you have a, an amazing story because even though you as a young person felt there was meaning and purpose somewhere, you just weren't connected with it. Am I understanding your background right? Yes, that's exactly how it was. I always knew there was something and I felt like I was always searching for something, but I wanted to know what's the truth? What What's the reason for our existence? I know we have a purpose, but then what's more after that? What is the whole meaning of life? I used to think, I mean, I still very much value school. We, get, we go to school, we get an amazing job, we buy a big house and lots of cars, and there we go. We've accomplished life. Hmm. But there had to be more than that because even in an instance, you can lose all your, your earthly possessions and... I found there was more to life than that. So in college, I, I, I like to figure out things on my own. And sometimes that got me into trouble. Okay. Even though I knew things that were wrong, I knew drinking and partying was always not going to lead me in the right direction. But it was something I had to find out for myself. And I would always say, okay, I'm not going to get hurt. I'm going to be fine. There's nothing wrong with this. I'm not hurting anyone. But, you know, I did. There was always this emptiness in my heart. And I had a lot of mistakes, a lot of regrets living that way of life. And it was it was just very hard. And I felt very empty. And I still came to that point of what I, I'm searching for something and I need to find it. And um, it was wonderful that God crossed paths with my now husband and when I first met him, he was just unlike anyone I ever met. He was mm. Native American, mm-hmm. and he was Christian. And not only that, he had never drank before in his life. He had never smoked before in his life. And he, he loved basketball. He was very smart. And so, you know what? I really wanted to get to know this guy. But I came with tattoos, piercings, still partying, and not having much of a care in the world. And I always would ask him, what did you see in me in that that time in my life, that low time in my life? And he said, you know what? God spoke to me and he told me you were the one that I was waiting for. Wow. And that was always powerful for me um, to to not only say you're a Christian, but God speaking to you and Mm. you listening to him and trusting him. And he, he was very intimidated by me, but he knew... He seemed beneath the uh, persona I was putting out there of this tough party res girl that didn't really have a care in the world uh, Mm -hmm. or hurt in her heart. And he seemed through that. And I remember people saying, oh, he's going to convert you to be a a Christian. No, no, no. I'm just, you know, kind of looking at this thing called Christianity. I wanted nothing to do with religion. Uh I seen how boarding schools hurt our people. I seen how they came to our people in the name of Jesus and stripped us from our culture, took us from our families, told we would not be able to speak our language, Mm -hmm. told us we were heathens and, you know, almost worthless. But... I know, like I've said before, you know, God made us Native American for a reason. And we are, we are not those things. Well, we have an amazing culture. We believe in the ultimate creator. We believe in the Holy Spirit. But, you know, it's, it's really hard for me, and this is what I found. I used to tell people, well, what's your religion? And I would say Native American. We are very spiritual people. Mm-hmm. 
But the hard part about that is we have 500 Native American tribes just in the United States. And so I started thinking about it. Well, which one's the right one? Is it my coastal tribe? Is it uh. my plains tribe? Is it a different tribe? I know we have all these different aspects of things that, you know, we all hold value to and believe, respecting and honoring and our ultimate creator and listening to the great spirit. But there was an aspect that, that was missing. And what my husband helped me see is there's a difference between belief and truth. Hmm. And that was very powerful for me to see. And we have all these different also religions that believe different things. And so um, when I started digging, digging in the word, um, and that was really hard for me at first, too. I was, it was kind of intimidating for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I found light there. I found um, substance, things that I can hope for. Um, in Hebrews chapter 11, I believe it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I've al- we always throw the word faith around like it's nothing. But to, to, when I hear that verse, faith is something we can hold on to, something mm. that we can live for. And, um, and trusting that God has an ultimate plan, not even just a plan for our lives, but an ultimate plan. Um, one of the greatest things that I learned that really wanted me to, to become a Christian was I had never heard of Jesus' second coming. Hmm. I thought that was one of the most profound things. Wait, he came, he died for our sins, but he's going to come again and save us? And he's going to come in the clouds and every nation, every tribe is going to hear him and see him? And it's just going to be a wonderful, beautiful event. And, you know, when I heard that, I just, I said, I need to learn more about the Bible because I had never heard this before. And I grew up with somewhat of a Catholic background too. And even with, with, um, with that, I never heard of this promise mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I wanted to learn more about it. And um, a lot of other questions I had, other places were answering them for me until I fa- started digging deep in God's word. Well, it's an amazing story, I think, from a number of levels. I'll be honest with you, Denise. Sometimes when I feature individuals who have a spiritual experience from a different background than they relate to, they feel a little uneasy. But what's so interesting about your story is what I hear you saying is whether you would label yourself a Christian as you do at this time in your life Uh or whether you would just say you're a native person, native woman who has a desire to do what's right and true, you know, when you were younger, you're really the same person in a sense. Yes. And I found I can be native American and I can be Christian. I don't have to put on two hats. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, there's, God gave me the gift of being Native American, and there's so many beautiful things about our culture that I just love and adore, and I can, I can be both. I, can, I don't have to walk in two different worlds. I can be them both at the same time, and I don't have to be afraid or ashamed. I used to think that people would, would judge me for being a Christian, and my friends wouldn't be my friends anymore, or they would look down upon me or differently upon me, but you know, it was amazing how much they loved to see um, my change or just my growth, it seemed like. Not necessarily um, just complete change. I did change a lot, but it was just more of the growth that they seen and mm-hmm. a somewhat of a light now that I was, I was shining. Well, 
here's kind of the interesting thing, because some of the folks listening today might be wondering just what I'm wondering, Denise, and it's simply this. Did this spiritual awakening, did it change your motivation as far as education? Did it help you get more focused? Did it change your, you mentioned partying and all this. Did that make a change in your life? Oh, yes, it did. And sometimes transformation happens very, very slowly. I mean, um, even a butterfly in the cocoon, Mm -hmm. it happens. It's a slow transformation. Well, mine was so quick. Once I found out God's, God's word and truth, and it was more of like a set of, of guidelines to protect me mm-hmm. instead of these rules that I had to follow or I was going to go to ultimate hell or something like that. I realized these were just wonderful things to protect me. And so I wanted to make these changes because I started to realize how much I loved God and I started to want to do, try to do my best because I know my life would be easier following Uh him. And, you know, that kind of comes along with the further part of my story. We do want to hear the rest of your your story. And we don't want to just leave off before you tell some of the most exciting things that I know you've still wanted to communicate. But we do have to step away. Okay. Our time in this segment has uh, slipped away from us. You're listening to Denise Ellenwood and Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. We have got more to come. Don't go away. We will be right back. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. I'm Karen, and two very important people in my life, my husband and my father, have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is a type of irregular heartbeat. People with AFib are five times more likely to have a stroke than people without AFib. Talk with a healthcare professional today about your risk and learn how to manage AFib to prevent a stroke. Visit stroke.org AFib to learn more. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home, and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens, Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America.
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Today's show is being recorded in Spokane, Washington. We're at the ASI International Convention. August of 2015 is when we're recording the show. And uh, we have the privilege of having, still across from me, Denise Ellenwood. Denise has been sharing with us uh, really a journey. And uh, Denise, if I can just recap, uh, see if I've kind of got your story in a nutshell. You grew up... uh, Basically, not too far from here. We're in Spokane, Washington. You were in, in Colville, uh, at least the, the reservation there with the Colville uh, tribe, or the Confederated Tribes, I yes. guess is the more proper way to refer to it. Yes. And you also had coastal roots. Mm-hmm. You were a happy young lady, but there was something missing. Yes, there was. And you looked for more meaning and purpose in life. You were what some people would call a seeker. Yes. And you found yourself going to school. You met your husband actually on the campus, the college campus, was it, or in high school, or when was it? Um, no, no, we met here in Spokane. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, it's funny how God can even use social media. Oh, really? Yes, and we didn't, you know, start a relationship in that way, but more of like a friendship. And okay. then when we finally met, we were inseparable after that. So was this after you had gone through all your educational training that you met your husband? Um, I think it was my last two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here, you know, as you were telling your story, I'm thinking, you know, when this gentleman came into your life, I pictured you away at school. So you were away at school. Yes. But he wasn't physically there. Well, we, we did meet here in Spokane, and he started to go to, to eastern, eastern Washington. He transferred there from the falls. Okay. Yes. So now let me ask you this. Now, you told us that he was so different. He had never smoked or, or drank. Um, did On any level, did you think he was a little bit strange when you first met him? Oh, yes. I thought he was totally off the wall. I mean, okay. I, I, I never had... Uh, because he was, let's see, 22. And most Native American men, or even just men here in college that age, they've had at least drank one time in their life. Mm-hmm. And another um, crazy part, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me telling this on air, is he was a virgin when I met him. Mm-hmm. And that's unheard of in this day and age. And But he didn't mind that. He still kept his, his purity because he knew God was going to direct him in the way of the one. And he he was patient, mm-hmm. very patient. Okay. And so he knows when he meets you or after communicating with you that, that you're the one. Yes. And like you shared with us earlier, you didn't think you fit the stereotype that a Christian Native person would be interested in. Yes. I um, I was very intimidated. And... But Ben, he's seen through. He's seen through that, and you know, he's seen that there, there was God gave me gifts, and He gave me um, a personality and everything that He He was looking for in a woman. So He was sharing things with you about the Christian faith. Yes. And you had come from a background where the word Christian. I, now you never said it this way, but it almost sounded like 
Christianity was kind of a bad word. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Native people feel that way. Yes, we, we have a lot of resentment and we, we're almost, you know, we, we don't want to go in that direction because we've seen some of the hurt that it's done to our people. And at the same time, now your stereotypes are kind of confronted because here's this uh, amazing guy, kind of strange you thought at first, but the more you get to know him, you're saying, this is an amazing guy. Yeah. And yet he's saying he's a Christian, and he's starting to tell you these things that are coming from the Bible, and, and you start studying. Yeah, and the greatest things he, he told me was, I don't have all the answers, but God does. And, and truth, is, truth is there no matter how we, how we say it. It's there. And um, one of the first interactions I ever had with a Bible study was kind of one of our dates we had. He's like, I'm going to take you to a park and there's going to be some people there having a Bible study. Would you want to go? And at first I was very apprehensive, maybe. Mm -hmm. And when he said it was an all nations group, you know, kind of a Native American Bible uh -huh. study group, it kind of got me interested. I wanted to know exactly more. We Now I found more Christian Native Americans, so I wanted to interact with them. You've used the term all nations a number of times. Some people listening, when they hear all nations, they hear Africans, Italians, mm -hmm. Asians. Yes. But when you're saying all nations, you're speaking all native nations. Yes. And, and I mean, we're huge. We have many, many nations here in the United States. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's, that is our, our, our main goal is hit every nation, every tribe here in Spokane. So let's come back to your story now. You're not married yet. And, you know, if I'm trying to follow the story along, you're finishing your education, you're, you have this relationship, you're, you're studying the Bible. How does your life go from there? Well, I remember sitting there one day and one of the directors of All Nations Warriors for Christ, how she was speaking about Jesus was just amazing. Like he was her best friend, like he was the ultimate protector for her. And I, I remember looking at her thinking, I want to have that. How do you, how do you get that? And at that time, I was reading the Word, and I was trying to build that relationship, but sometimes it would get frustrating when I couldn't understand something or something was confusing. But just like in a marriage and just like I was doing with my husband, you have to get to know the person and not stop getting to know the person. So I started to try to my best. I wanted to know Jesus. And um, reading His Word and, and um, prayer, prayer was huge. I mean, that's what you do. And a marriage and a relationship, too, is talking talking, and giving your heart and, and all that you're feeling to that person. And, and once I started to do those things, I, I started to feel that love and that connection that I always yearned for, that I always um, wanted. I have wonderful and great family, but this was a different kind of love. This was something amazing. And even though I couldn't necessarily hold on to to God and Jesus to hold on to me, I knew there was something there and I knew that he was, he was guiding me and, and showing me his light. So you mentioned this aspect of family and how God became very close to you, like you're part of his family. Yes, part of his tribe. Okay, very good. <laughs> and yet at the same time, I know you've shared a bit about your story there were some family challenges that were about to come into your life, and oh, it's something yes. that really speaks to Indian country. Oh, T tell, yes. tell us about what, what ultimately happened. Yes. When I finally 
completely gave my heart to God and was baptized. I felt like I was on top of the world and nothing can touch me, nothing can affect me. But even Christians, even when we do become a Christian, we do still face hardships. And I was just leaving math class one day and I had a lot of missed calls. And um, the first person I called was my grandma. And it was just a really weird tone she had in her mouth. And she, she had said, um, Denise, very slowly and softly, um, your mother has, has killed herself. And just those words and how she approached it just, mm. I mean, I remember dropping to my knees, Grandma, you're lying. No, uh. Grandma, that, that didn't happen. But, um, you know, suicide is such a horrible thing to swallow. I mean, the word even saying it, it's almost like a, a, a stigma to even mention the word or say the word. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's, I think, the hard part in our Indian country. I mean, just three months before my, that, that happened with my mom, uh, a young Native American man about the same age as me, very close friend of mine, had committed suicide. Wow. And it's just a horrible epidemic and just a horrible pain to fill in your heart to have your loved one do something so tragic and for their life to be so dark that they feel like that they have to turn in that direction mm. and it was so hard for me I had a son who was only six months at the time and I remember her last word saying to me is is kiss kiss my boy for me and those words will always be in my heart and I try to share her love with my son each uh-huh. day because they had an amazing relationship even though he was just such a young baby but she was loved by many and she gave love i mean i said earlier her her words each day was be helpful to yourself uh-huh. and be helpful to others so um you know we have to always know that there are a lot of people in this world that have that suffering and pain but they they kind of mask it and hide it well so um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to be involved with Native Ministries is not only are we sharing the health message and the love message, but we want to share the message that there is hope and there is hope in, mm. in Jesus Christ, that he has an amazing plan for us for salvation and um, he is coming to save us again. And we just have to be patient and the, the trials and the suffering we're facing at the present moment are nothing compared to the glory of God. So let's just stop and, and pause for a minute because you went through a tragedy with the death of your mother that would send many people and have sent many people into spirals that they never pulled out of. And, you know, many times when there's a suicide in the family, there's a chain of depression, maybe other yes. suicides that yes. follow. Did your coming to an understanding of Christianity, having, if you will, a relationship with God, did this make a difference in helping you through that time? Oh, completely. And I often think if this, did, if this would have happened before I was a Christian, I, I, you know, fear deeply that I would have been down the same road mm. because I would have felt like I've you know, I failed her. I would have been very blameful on myself. I would have been very unforgiving towards her and other people maybe that had crossed her. I think there would have been a lot of hate and resentment and I wouldn't have known how to handle it. Mm-hmm. I I would have been even even more lost. So I am just so grateful. You know, it's hard to think of how God can comfort somebody because, you know, he can't come down and physically wrap his arms around us. But I did feel his presence in the midst of my pain. I really did. 
that's one of the reasons why your story is so important to me. We do have a lot of listeners who do share a Christian perspective. They feel that they have that relationship that you're talking about. I have many other listeners who say, and, and I may even hear from some of them, they may say, why are you featuring someone who's sharing from a Christian perspective and spending a whole show talking with her? Yeah. But really, we're talking about deep issues in Indian country. Yes. And you're sharing a personal experience about how something has made a huge difference for your mental health and it's affected your ability to help other people. And I think it's a story that we often don't share enough. Yes. We need to share this message of hope. We, a lot of people think that there's no way out or, you know, it's, it's kind of a hopelessness for the people in the families or communities on what, what can we do to, to combat this horrible epidemic and issue. And I believe that, that the key is through Jesus Christ. And, you know, sometimes I feel like um, the outcasts, and the, the crazy friend that's always talking about Jesus to her Native American friends. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They're, what they've seen in the midst of my pain going through losing my mother and other, other um, obstacles, they've admired that. And they've been thankful that I've been able to share, share comfort with them too. Tremendous. We have one final segment in today's edition of American Indian Living. Denise uh, will stay by. She's got some final words of encouragement, some positive messages that you don't want to miss. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to American Indian Living. We will be back. Stay tuned for more. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. What I say, you already know, but you don't believe. You won't accept, you don't conceive. When you're inside your car, you feel safest of all. Are you safe? Are you? Two tons of sheet metal in your hands. Two tons don't run on autopilot. You have a mission. It's no collision. Hold the phone. Don't text. You're angling to be next. Oh, you've done it before. What's the harm? Just this once, there's no alarm. Got your hands on the wheel? No big deal. Brothers and sisters, you won't see it coming. You're off the road. Your life explodes. It's not worth it. Don't do it. You only think there's nothing to it. Put it down. Hang up. Pay attention to highway action. Behind the wheel, there is no such thing as a small distraction. Join the conversation at DecideToDrive.org. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who would rather help keep your bones strong than put them back together. We are here to say a word about cancer. When you talk to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer, be positive. Be supportive. That's it. Stop right there. Don't start telling them about your Uncle Vern. Or the next door neighbor. Don't be grim. Try not to disappear either. Don't cross to the other side of the street. Don't stop calling. Don't cry. Don't ever say you're living my worst nightmare. You know who you are. Here's the important part. Be positive. Be positive. Se positivo. Say these words. You will do great. Keep calling. Check in. Be a friend. Or be a new friend. Be a supportive. Positive friend. Smile. Try not to be afraid. Or act afraid. Fear is not useful. Be a funny, hopeful human being. If you come across cancer, let it transform you into your most positive self. And inspire. Urge. 
fortify, rally, encourage someone to do great. This message brought to you by Cancer Survivors. For more information, to hear stories or share your own, visit DoGreatCampaign.com. Do great. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. This is the final segment in today's edition. We've been speaking with Denise Ellenwood. She's been sharing her story, her journey really into finding meaning and purpose. And she's done it in a way that I'll just be honest with you. Some people in Indian country, Denise, uh, you and I were talking about this, would say you're not really fully native because you're a Christian. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, you know, we're, we're born with this blood. This blood isn't something that we have to earn by the things we do. Um, I'm a Native American at heart, and I always will be. It's mm. right there flowing through my veins and, you know, my way of thinking, how I grew up and some of the traditions and values that were instilled for me by my, my dad, who's very traditional, and a lot of my family on the Colville Indian Reservation. A lot of my ideas and the way of thinking comes from that. So now the real question is, I mean, even as far as how you're raising your children, I mean, some are going to wonder. We actually do have uh, Akaya. He's uh, all mic'd up. You're on the air, Akaya, right now. Did you know that? You want to say hello to the people listening? You want to just say hi? Go for it. Hi. You got it. They're all hearing you. And your mom is going to talk with you just a little bit because we want to know if you realize you're native of um name is akaya red fox ellenwood okay akaya red fox ellenwood did i get it right yeah and you got some exciting things happening in in his life Uh, yeah um akaya what what type of dance do you do right now what do you wear when you dance at powwows a fox yes he has a wonderful fox hide that he wears those little fox tails Drags on the floor, and he has um, feather bustle. It's just a beautiful outfit that both his grand grandpas had designed for but, him. But, 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 but one time I was acting like a fancy dancer. Yeah, and then he started to, to move like a fancy dancer. So okay. we decided, me and his papas decided it was time to switch him to, to fancy dance. That's why I'm waiting to... That's why I'm not going to wear that anymore. That's yeah. why I'm waiting. We can pass it down to your younger brother, huh? Yes, pass it down to my brother. So is there something new in the works for you? What's happening? Uh, um, um, I am, uh, um, I'm turning, um, uh, 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 being, um, um. A fancy dancer? Yeah. And what do you wear on your head? Do you remember what, what it's called that you wear on a your roach. head? A roach. A roach, yes. What is a roach? Um, a thing that looks like a crown, like kind of like that thing. <laughs> There's a picture well, that we're looking yeah, you're, at. You're, you're, painting, you're pointing <laughs> to a picture here, and on the radio, yes. no one can see you. That's the problem. Yeah. It's made out of, um, do you remember what, it, what animal it's made out of? Deer. No, porcupine quills. Porcupine. Really? Okay. Yes, yes. But, but, well, it could poke you. Yes, but it won't poke you. Yes. Great. So he's, 
He's being raised uh, every bit a native, but you're also sharing with him these these Christian principles that that you were sharing, right? Yes. So let's come back to some of these big challenges in Indian country. You're telling us in your own experience that you can be just as native and value your native culture just as much as anyone, if not more, and yet you've also embraced Christian values. And from your perspective, one of the things that's helped you and you believe would help other native young people and people of whatever age are some of these these Christian principles. Here's what I want to share with you, and I want to kind of get your reaction to it, uh, uh, Denise. We've had other folks on our show who've Mm -hmm. talked about suicide prevention in Indian country. Yes. And some of them have been doing great work uh, apart from any religious philosophy they're not christians or if they are they they're not making a part of their program but they're trying to connect youth with their native culture Mm -hmm. and helping them see that they're part of the community and part of the family and they're doing this for youth uh, suicide prevention do you see any parallels in what they're doing i mean you mentioned to us that that you see Christianity and a relationship with Jesus is kind of being the ultimate, if if I'm paraphrasing a bit, but kind of the ultimate suicide prevention. How do you relate to some of these other things that are happening? Well, you know, our um, culture is important. We believe in our our creator and the great spirit, and we we can use those tools from our culture along with to help suicide prevention like others are doing. But with um, how holding the aspect too with Christianity and the importance of prayer, the importance of hope, and that there there is a future for us even mm. in the midst of our pain and suffering, and that um, you know we 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 have to go up this hard, steep, very rough mountain, but when we get to the top and we start going down, it it does get easier, mm-hmm. and just working with our youth and um, showing them that. We, we can com- combat these things and we can work together as our community to uplift each other and support one another and not be afraid to talk about these hard things like suicide or, um, you know, a challenge we're facing, maybe with bullying or maybe um, depression, difficult things that we're doing maybe in teen life, not really fitting in, all these different things when we're older, I think, um, job loss, not having enough money, maybe not being able to for- provide for our families, just have an open dialogue to be able to, to talk and have in a safe place and safe environment for, for any age to be able to come and, um, you know, and have someone to come to to talk about these things. So let's come back to your profession. Mm-hmm. You're working with young children. What, what age? Um, four and five. Okay. So you're working with four and five-year-olds. You have this perspective. You really value Native culture. You're especially interested in your people, Native Americans from all Native nations. Yes. At the same time, you have this Christian perspective that some of those Native kids, they may be from homes that share those Christian values, but others may not. How do you help them in a way that doesn't uh, doesn't make the parents feel that you're pushing something spiritually that they're not comfortable with? Has that been something you've had to wrestle with? Um, yes, um, we've had have those, but I think every parent can appreciate us showing 
love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can show the love of Jesus with not even saying his name in some instances, just showing a child that even when they've come from difficult situations that they're valued and loved, or maybe even the child themselves are, are um, maybe kind of a handful or hard, hard um, to, to work with, but they're still loved by, by us teachers and they're loved by God. So mm -hmm. all parents can, can value and love that. And I think a lot of parents and with our native American culture, prayer is, is important part mm -hmm. of our, our, our culture. And for them to see their kids going home and saying good, meaningful, full prayers. A lot of parents appreciate that, even if they're not, uh, of Christian values, just to know that their, their child is, is praying to our creator and is putting their trust in him. It's, it's powerful, very powerful. Well, our show is, uh, is rapidly winding up today, Denise. One of the things we like to do is give people an opportunity to get further information, to find ways to connect with some of the things we featured on the show. Now, we didn't talk about this before doing the program. Is there a website? Are there resources that you'd like to point people in the direction of that would help them if they're kind of on a journey like you were some years ago? Yeah, um... One of the big ones that I've been through for dealing with the, the loss of my mother to suicide is the American Suicide Prevention. They have amazing resources to help cope with, with the hurt. Um, I put on an International Survivors of Suicide Day on my reservation a couple years ago, and there they gave me all the tools to be able to put that on. Oh, okay. So if you're you're a listener that is maybe in a community dealing with that, look into those those resources. They give you everything you need to know and all you need to do is just um, be able to carry it out. Great. So tell me the name again of this organization. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. A F S P dot org. Okay. You think we got it? We got it. Yes. Okay, very good. Listen, Denise, it's been great to have you on the show. Yes. You've been uh, very open with us, sharing your own story. I think it's given people a lot of inspiration and hope, whether they're dealing with difficulties in the family or whether it's uh, just the challenge of going away from the res to go to school. Any final words of encouragement to our listeners? Well, maybe I can um, give them the, the words of, of my mother. Be helpful to yourself, always, and be helpful to others. And always give people a smile because, you know, they can really be hurting inside. And we all are loved by, by our ultimate creator, and we need to always remember that. Thank you so much. Denise Ellenwood, thank you for sharing your journey and your experience. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today's show has uh, slipped away from us. For all of us with American Indian Living, we hope today's show, as always, has helped you enjoy the best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Service.